Hey guys, welcome to episode 161 of the podcast. Guys, listen, I got to tell you, this is going to be short and sweet and possibly not even sweet because I just got back from a trip uh, and my flight was delayed and um, we, I couldn't be running more behind on getting this podcast to uh, over to Nerdist. So this is going to be very quick. I want you to please enjoy this episode with my dear, dear, dear friend and uh, I was going to say co-conspirator, but so far we haven't had like any heists that we've completed uh or much espionage but uh you know what screw it my co-conspirator uh gabriel diani i go i call him gabe i still don't know what i'm going to uh call him in the intro i probably better text him find out if he wants to be gabriel diani or gabe diani i'm gonna get on that right now guys now you know the internal workings of my process and yes i did say process guys i hope you enjoyed the episode i'll talk to you soon now entering nerdist.com Um, I just picked up a microphone. Once you pick up the microphone, this thing is then you're happening. In. Do, do you do this? Do you hold the microphone? Yeah. Oh, I this guess I should have told you in advance. Yeah. I didn't realize. You're going to have to get used to it. All right. Don't try to pull some stand-up routine where suddenly you're holding a microphone, so you're like, what else is going on? What else? What else? What else? <laughs> it doesn't work because I have, you can't see my notepad that's out that that's I'm looking true. You at. Can't, you can't see that you pull out a collapsible stool and a little <laughs> wa- and put your water on that and then br- bring out a crumpled piece of paper. Right. Right. What did I just... Oh, yeah. I just did a show with um, for the Young Storytellers Foundation, which, guys, if I haven't talked about it before, it's a great program. And it's it's mentoring kids in schools. You don't need to do this because you already did so much actual teaching. <laughs> and I know you hate children. I'm absolved. Uh, <laughs> you are. I think if you have, like, a card, I can actually punch it. I have a special I do. Uh, kid I do. pull punch. Yeah, I get a I free kid punch. after I get 10. You get a free kid. It's weird. It seems like it would be the opposite, considering that I just absolved you of it. Right. But, um, you, it's, you writers go in and mentor kids like once a week for six weeks. And then, um, and then they have the big show at the end where, oh. uh, you don't, we don't know about this. I don't know if we ever talked to you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids, uh, have like a, like towards the end of the school year, they'll have, um, a play during like plays during the day. And so actors will come in and just read the scripts cold. They'll oh. get cast and act the scripts for the whole school. And so they do this fundraiser that's at night. Anyway, the point of all this was that Hal Lublin, um, did the improv, we did an improv set at that show in addition to performing some kids plays and, um, and somehow he got set up to be a stand up, and like the first thing he did was pull out an imaginary crumpled sheet of paper and look down at it and like wipe his brow and go, okay, yeah, these aren't going to work. <laughs> it was really good. That was really good. But you're performing kids plays. Yeah. We, but the kids aren't allowed to perform or they perform yeah, with the you. The kids don't perform. Well, it's just the writers. It's just a writer's workshop. So it's not okay, like so it's kids are writing. Their, your, yeah. So they don't, it's oh, not that cool. they don't. So it'll be like six kids, six plays. Um, and, uh, and yeah, the actors we once did. Oh yeah. 12 year old boy playwright awards. <laughs> I still think about that one. That's a cl- really clever premise. It is. I always, yeah, I always talk about that one because I'm like, that's a perfect example of like high meets low in terms yeah. of sort of a lofty, high concept idea that allows for just the most ridiculous stuff. But you're cloaking it in the vein of like, we're making fun of what right. a 12 year old boy would write. So if you're, right. if you're laughing at the fart noises, it's okay. We're all friends here. Right. 
Yeah. You should have had the last one be Transformers, though. I guess you're right. Huh. The shortcut, now shortcut right. seems yeah. dated, But it hadn't been out yet. That's how old that sketch it's is. It's true. Transformers. There was no Transformers movie at that point. Oh, no way. Just Except the, for the original. Just the original the cartoon. That we tried to watch fantastic. here. <laughs> wow. And also, we tried to watch that a very long time ago as well. <laughs> yeah. Was that... Did we watch it because the Transformers live action movie came no, out? No, I don't remember why. That was unrelated. It was we were all you hanging out. You wanted me to enjoy and, the music and <laughs> that soundtrack. And you and Edda were like, "What is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> and and me uh, and I think Chris was here, but yeah. uh, I couldn't even remember. I couldn't figure out what was going on either. When you're a kid, like you're so steeped in that mythology of who all the characters are, and right. I had no idea what was happening, uh-huh. who anyone was. <laughs> It was just lasers and, and robots dying, which, yeah. which was very traumatic at the how, time. How far into it did we get? Did we watch the whole thing? Well, no. I think we watched Optimus Prime die. Okay. Spoiler alert. Okay. No one has seen the movie. <laughs> uh, and then I think you guys were out. I think it was like, checked, let's watch checked some, right on out. Let's watch some upstairs, downstairs. I was going to say, there, uh, what I expected you to say was, let's watch some uh, British murder mystery right. show, because Edda and I both Which I'm into as well. Cycle through. I know you were, but the last time we talked about I don't remember what I asked you about. Was it The Fall? I said, have you watched The Fall? And yeah. you were like, ugh. Yeah. I'm kind of tired of the real dark, broody... <laughs> I know. They drink a lot and they are very tortured by this case and they have uh, at least one estranged family member right. who may or may not die over the course of the season. Right. And the the fall was so like fetishistic in terms of like the guy was so creepy, the serial killer guy. Yeah, it's as opposed dark. to the likable serial killer guys that I'm used to. Right, right. <laughs> the fun silly the ones like Charles Manson. Of the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Having said that, did you watch Aquarius? No, is that good? I'll tell you what. I, uh, someone in, I've heard zero about it. I saw, this is the David Duchovny set in the sixties. Uh, I guess it's an NBC show like Hannibal. You're like, really? Right. Um, all I saw was just the billboards of like a peace sign and him looking over some mirrored sunglasses, Huey Lewis style. <laughs> Google it guys. Google poster. it. And, uh, but then in passing someone, I, I don't remember who it was, but it was like someone I, I think is a great writer. It was like, yeah, da 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 Aquarius. And so I was like, well, we'll see about that. And so I watched the pilot. Um, now, I will admit that I, I have an iTunes gift card, and I was like, you know what? I really hate... Part of what's so absurd about these like deep, dark shows is when it cuts to like an Applebee's commercial. <laughs> so I was like, I think I'm going to download the pilot. Right. And I watched it, and I just thought it was so good. Huh. And so, so I've watched the series. It's is like 13 it episodes. I feel like I've seen it. I don't know. Maybe the- it is. Yeah. But it's really pretty good. I mean, it's as, it reminds me of like Zodiac, you know that movie? I do Which was know that good. Movie. It's yeah. good. It's not too dark. Okay. Um, that mo- Zodiac was really it. disturbing. I guess it is. Those it those is. murder scenes were like really. Yeah, and there's no there's no. It's not like that. That hasn't none of that has happened yet. Although it does involve Charlie Manson, which is why I right. thought of it. They call him Charlie in the show, so now I feel like I know him. <laughs> He's very dynamic. Um, but I recommend it. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. You were an X-Files fan, right? Or um, were you? A, a late bloomer to the X-Files, but yeah, I am now. Uh, we're wh- still working late, our way. Th- how late of a bloom? A le- I remember watching one episode when I was, uh, when it was first running and the opening credits were like, what? This is like, they couldn't improve those opening credits over the, what, I've just me alienated what, there, so many people. This, there's the, I know that there's like a thumbprint. <laughs> It just seemed like it was like some kids, uh, a sw- maybe some a kids' film project. Squirrel. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's fair. They couldn't have. Uh, that's fair. You know, but I. But I'm a fan now, and we've been working our way through yeah. it on on Netflix. Although they get a little, um, I don't know. It gets weighed down by knowing the, that by there the is no answer plot. coming, yeah. and there's like nine seasons is a little is a little rough. But yeah. individual episodes are really great. Yeah. Well, that's when those that show is. This is my X Files podcast, by the way. I don't know if you <laughs> thought you were doing the JV Club. Um, this is much more specific, but uh, I. Those it is one of those where like the standalone episodes that don't relate to this sort of big huge mystery and, and conspiracy are so good. Yeah. And even the ones that hint at this conspiracy, you're like, oh, intriguing. And then yeah. as it sort of degenerates into more and more about that big thing that doesn't seem ever clear. Yeah, and I wish they had tough. there was there's some episodes that uh I can't remember the name of it. It's a long title and has the, the name Jose in it. But like, it was really kind of funny, and they were, I I feel like I wish there was more humor in it. It was so serious all yeah, the time. Yeah, like Buffy. Buffy yeah, had yeah, a lot yeah, more yeah. kind of comedy mixed in with the supernatural. Right. Um. But this is uh, this will be an interesting one because I feel like I know everything about everything me. about you. <laughs> well, I almost know you from high school. I know you from college. Yep. Um. But. I guess I'll let you acquaint people. I, I could just like run down a list. What do you of, know about me? Well, what do I think about when I think, well, I, you know what? I do want to talk about you in high school because I don't, I mean, I, I feel like I kind of have a sense, but in my brain, I feel like we're going to cover comic books. It's possible. <laughs> Plausible. Theater. Yes. And dentistry. <laughs> Well, actually, my grandfather was a dentist and my cousin was a dentist. So, Well, (laughs) now, see, I didn't know that. So if we want to just lean real hard into the dentistry stuff, (laughs) that would probably be more entertaining for me. It's called a mouth. Yeah. Uh In the mouth, there are teeth. Go on. And uh, that's Like a comb has? (laughs) Yes. Okay. It's your your mouth comb. Okay. (laughs) Or combs, I should say, because there's a top row and and a bottom row. That's how you do your hair, right? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I have those novelty <laughs> mouth combs that I run through my hair. Now, do you wind it up so it sort of chatters? Yeah, or yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Well, it depends on the curl, style. The nice body yeah. you need. It's so stupid. And that's a sketch, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. A very short, very poor. That's sketch. a sketch. We used to say that a lot. I guess when we, we did, didn't we? Sketch group. Oh, that's a sketch. <laughs> 90% of the time, it was not That's a sketch. That's true. That's true. But the difference between us, uh, the difference in the in the level of us saying that would be, I would say that and never write whatever that sketch was, and then you would maybe write it, and probably David would for sure write sketch. it. Yeah. And then we would perform those sketches. Right. Um, Bay Area? Yes. Well, I, I uh, yeah, so high school was Bay Area. When Before I was five years old, we'd moved about five different times. Did I know that? I'm sure I knew that, but I guess it's not something we talk about all the time. Probably. And my, I lived in San Jose. I was born in Mountain View, and then my, my parents had a house in San Jose. But then my mom and dad got divorced, and then I went to... My brother and I went to go live with our grandparents for about a year while my mom went to paramedic school in, uh, in Southern California. And then, uh, and then we came to Southern California, and then we moved to b- back and forth to the Bay Area a couple of times. And I guess I just, I don't remember that. I don't remember you ever living down here, even when you were very, I mean, I was a wee, wee lad. I was, uh, it was like kindergarten. I did kindergarten in the first half of first grade here, and then we moved back because the schools weren't, um, the schools weren't great. Yeah. Um, at that time, we were public school kids, and it was a little rough. But. I'm sorry about the dog here. You just had to brush off your knee. Uh, uh, Whitley is 
shedding because it's the summer. I could brush her for two hours every day. Mrs. Peels oh, this is the, the same way. It's and she does not like. Being I think I'm just gonna either. have her put down. <laughs> I saved her long enough. <laughs> she had two good years. Yeah, she wouldn't have had those two years. Yeah, exactly. It, you know what? If I don't brush her every day, it's possible we'll all be smothered by her own fur, and then it won't. And then I'll go down with the ship. <laughs> is that how that? Yeah, works? that's that's the way it works. That's the expression. Is she here? They are. They're just. I they're put hi- them in the bedroom because she'll monopolize everything if she does right. with salon and everything else. She's such a narcissist. She's very narcissistic. And this is my narcissistic podcast. <laughs> Start your own podcast, Whitley. All right, listen. Um, and so, do you feel like all of that moving around is what made you the artist that you are today? <laughs> uh, I honestly don't really remember it. Yeah. It was just normal. It gets in there, though. Yeah. But we settled down and. and um, about like first grade, middle and of your, first grade. And your brother, your younger brother is how much younger than you for the listener? Uh, my younger brother is eight or nine years younger than me. My older brother is two and a half years older but, than me. So when, we, so when we were moving around, that was me and my older brother. So I was oh, the youngest at that point. That's how, funny. I don't know why. I, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. For some reason in my head, um, he was like off doing his own thing from really early on. <laughs> my my little sense. brother? No, your older brother. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, because, you know, in the last few years that we lived in San Francisco, I saw him far less, but I saw your little brother, it seems, all the time. Right. Um, and, and by okay, little, so we mean huge. He's, a He's huge. He's quite tall. <laughs> He's quite tall. Yeah. Um, uh, so the Bay Area is, for in your case, more of San Jose? Silicon Valley. Silicon we Valley. Uh, When we settled, we were in Sunnyvale, and... Um, yeah, it's when you settled, it almost makes it sound like you're a pioneer. <laughs> we put down our stakes, <laughs> and uh, we had uh, 50 acres and a mule. Uh-huh. Um, that was someone smuggling drugs. <laughs> uh, we just had them. Got it. Uh, yeah, so I, so I mostly grew up in Sunnyvale, and I went to, in terms of high school, I went to the same high school uh, Steve Jobs went to. Mm-hmm. One of that my, explains why you love computers so much. <laughs> I love them. I was on the like the the, the edge of computers where... Like they weren't a thing yet, uh-huh. but then I was like sort of old enough where like they were starting to be a thing, but yeah. then we didn't have one till way late. So it was like, I've never been to be so, per- to be so close to where it was all happening, which right. now there are shows about, of course, and right. then, but to still be kind of on the periphery of it. Yeah. Did you, have you watched Silicon Valley or? Yeah, I love it. You know what? I, uh, well, I can't admit that I don't watch Silicon Valley. <laughs> it's not that I don't watch it. It's just, it's one of those shows where I just know everyone on it. And so right. it's not an escape for me. Sure. Um, but I love all the guys on it. But I do watch Halt and Catch Fire because I enjoy you don't drama. Know anyone on it? Because I watch drama all the time <laughs> okay. instead, of, uh, instead of comedy. Um, and I think it's so good. That's another show that I saw like, the pilot of Hunt and Catch Fire. So we haven't good. watched the rest of it yet. I mean, listen, do I think it's so good? I'm sure I've talked about this before. Do I think it's so good? Like, I think it's the best thing on television. I don't know, but it's very stylish. And I'm very interested in that era. The music's great. They did a great job with the lead lady's hair. Oh, she totally yeah. looked like it. She just had that 80... I can't remember the actress, yeah. but she really reminded me of someone. I mean, she's kind of a newcomer. I think she's Canadian. She was a, maybe a model, but Mackenzie something. She's great. She's she great. just reminds me of like of the look of like oh, yeah. 80s... Absolutely. You know, teenage actress 
Absolutely. Page. No, it was, it's great. Um, but again, Silicon Valley, just to give it, I, the thing they do really great is that it's a sitcom, but it's also, it's got like a, a narrative. Like it's not like, oh, they have a wacky adventure, this, and then we just start from scratch. Like each thing like sort of ends on a cliffhanger and leads into the next That's story. cool to serialize it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, I want to get back to the X-Files. Please. I feel like See, I'm wasting my time listening believer. to your childhood. <laughs> And one of them does not believe, even though right. she has seen right. every episode countless, that he is right. Countless yeah. stuff. Yeah. Were you uh, a skeptical kid? Were you fascinated by that stuff? And 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 were you skeptical or were you a believer? I will say I was okay, not skeptical. It, I was a, also wanted to believe desperately. I was not skeptical. I thought that I was being abducted by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> when? <laughs> Just in general? Just in general. Uh, I remember there was this book called Communion. You remember uh, Whitley Stryber? Sh- a show and it, or it was a movie? A, it was a terrible movie with Christopher Walken. With Christopher Walken. I was going to say, because I get that confused with um, The Prophet, which is also Christopher Walken. Okay. And I've never seen Communion or read it. Don't. Or taken it. You don't. <laughs> don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically the premise was that uh, people have lost time and, you know, you have cover memories for being abducted by and you know just like the the romance of oh yeah i'm one of the special ones who's sure. being abducted by aliens and sure. can have adventures and stuff but like i uh you know had these vivid dreams as a kid of these flying grandmas in my room and my mom's like oh yeah that's probably a cover story yeah. <laughs> let's back up to flying grandmas <laughs> flying grandmas. how many grandmas i don't and even were they know your this grandmas is, this is just what i was told that i you know i would you know, I'd okay. wake up you and were talk so about young, all of okay, these gotcha. flying grandmas that were okay. in my room, so which were obviously just aliens. They were grays, with, sure, with their big eyes, sure, probing me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wanted that so the much. Best you could come up. A, a child would relate. Uh, would compare a, an alien to grandma, right? But at that point, I I wasn't aware of aliens that they were a thing. So that was oh, probably okay. me just giving a name to these Got things it. that were in. My Got room. it. So so, do you feel like? I mean. Having explained that, that sounds like you're hearing back from your mom something right. that reinforces it. Right, so exactly. Which came first? Didn't even have a egg. memory of it. Yeah. 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 Um, but then I totally believed in ghosts and like didn't want to get out of bed in the middle of the night till I walked to the bathroom in case there was a ghost Aww. out there. Totally afraid of the dark. What if your mom took a step further and she, she scarred you? She gave you like a weird scar. <laughs> and this, I don't know, it just appeared one day. I know you don't remember what happened. Oh, mom. That would be a great prank to pull on your kids to it's make like them think It's like alien Munchausen syndrome. Munchausen by alien by proxy syndrome. I think we have a new movie. That's a sketch. <laughs> That's if a, not a movie. Not a We've sketch. just replaced movie with yeah. or yeah, sketch with movie now. Yeah, just bigger dreams. You thought that there were ghosts and you were afraid that a ghost would get you between your Yeah, bed or and just the scare me or um I didn't don't even know what I was just afraid of the unknown. You did know, you ever go it? to the Winchester Mystery House? That's not far from yes, I Absolutely. As did. a child? Uh yeah. That can't have helped either. Yeah. That and um and watching Poltergeist on HBO. Oh, same. That by the Face way, being if anything pulled scarred off. me on the inside. Yeah, that's a, for all the horrifying stuff that happens in that movie. And there's a lot as a young as a kid. Yeah. Um, that one, the face peeling off was the most like the thing I had the nightmares about yeah. the most. And and the, all like I remember as a kid, like knowing all everything that happens. And we didn't have the Internet, but like, oh, in Indiana Jones, they like they they eat bugs. And yeah. someone's heart gets ripped out, like knew everything going in for some reason. Yeah. And that's uh, funny. Just from word of mouth, people have somehow got there before you did. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers. Well, now we know Optimus Prime dies in the 
cartoon version of the movie. And Mularam pulls oh. out a heart. And did anything ever, other than the flying grandmas, did you have any indication that there was a reason to kind of be afraid? Did you have any experiences that felt like, oh, I don't know, this is pretty... No, I just, I guess I was just a neurotic, scared <laughs> child. You were, you terrified were transferring of the unknown. your fear of the unknown onto real, legit things like yeah. ghosts. Yeah. I understand that. I feel like I, I was afraid of a lot, but I wasn't afraid. I wanted those things to be real. Like sure. I w- desperately wanted to have an encounter with a ghost. Yeah. I don't feel I was fr- afraid. I mean, even, but, but why was, I was definitely afraid of bugs and spiders. Also, as a kid, you're encouraged to believe ridiculous things. Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, you know. Well, where do you fall on that? Because I think it's great. I don't, I don't think that Santa Claus exists. But I mean, like. (laughs) (laughs) No. About, about uh, encouraging children to believe. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, because it's totally fun, uh, you know, to believe in, in magic and stuff. Um. But also, you are lying to your kids. Thankfully, I don't have kids, so I don't have to make that decision. Yeah. Well, you might have to make that decision about other people's kids. That's true. It's your responsibility to pull them aside. <laughs> All of them listening to this podcast will know. Yeah. Well, I would say the average age of listener is four years old mm. over my podcast. You should put a warning in front of this one so that they know. I will. That there are, there's magic While spoilers. While there's no explicit language, there is serious magic spoilers. Uh, bringing it back to high school, I actually did a ghost hunt. in high school because uh okay so my grandparents house this is another reason why i believed in goats go goats and ghosts yeah Um, one of them is more provable than the other i think my grandfather who was the dentist um they had this house in los altos and uh you know i I lived there for like a year or year and a half where's los altos uh uh, i get those suburbs confused with I'm trying other. to think um, how to explain it. Well, you've been to Sunnyvale. It's where Rooster Teeth Feathers Oh, was. for sure. No, I'm sorry. I don't mean I get Sunnyvale confused with other ones. I mean, I get, in general, anything south of San Francisco. Well, and also my... I have an uncle Me too. Like in not, Palo Alto. Not being there, living there for years, I don't remember where anything is. It's like yeah. I go back to San Francisco, and like, I kind of know where I am. Like, well, the map sort of yeah. gets but fuzzy. But Los Altos, that's confusing for me. It's near Palo Alto, Alto oh, well, and there you go. Uh, Stanford. Okay. That sort of well, area. Then I know it. Okay, so they had a creepy house. So they no, I mean it's a, a lovely mid-century modern house, um, and but always like had like you know you get like just kind of, sort of a weird feeling that people. I think that's called get, the heebie-jeebies. The heebie-jeebies. Yes, I always Medically. had. I always had the heebie-jeebies at night sleeping mm-hmm. in this um, in this room, and that was one. Of the, uh, that's where it comes from. That's where my sort of fear of getting up and going to the bathroom comes yeah, from. Yeah. Okay. Um, and not wanting to, and being not being able to sleep and being afraid, and just like you know. Going around a corner and just feeling like, oh, it's going to be around that corner. Just yeah. you get like this a weird sense of unease. Yeah, sense of unease, exactly. And I remember just offhandedly mentioning it to my mom once because I, I think I was going to um, go house sit or something for my grandfather, and um, she says, "Oh yeah, because the ghost." And like, what, what ghost? What are you talking about? And so when the house the house was built and the guy bought it before it was finished and the original owner and. He would go every day, and he would watch them building his house. This is the story. I don't know if it's true. I already love it. Uh, and then he died in the master bedroom. And um, and then the story goes that every night at like about 2 a.m., there are these weird sounds that come from what is, is it now the den, but used to be the master bedroom, down the hall, past the room where I was, and into the oh. kitchen. And it's this like popping sound this weird sort of popping sound 
and uh, he used to pop and lock. <laughs> he was he a break was dancer. A he pioneered the break dancing <laughs> industry. Um, so uh, a friend and I, we wrote columns for the uh, for the school newspaper. So we're like, well, let's let's go do a, a ghost hunt, and right. we'll uh, and then we'll write about it. And so we. You know, we get some snacks and we're basically doing a stakeout and just goofing around. And we have all of the ghost hunting equipment, the recorder and something to measure the temperature. And, oh, okay. Uh, How, okay. And, like, a, I guess, a barometer? Um, I, some cheap thing that I'm sure didn't even really work uh-huh. correctly. Did and, you get it from a place that was like, this will help you catch ghosts? Uh, I don't know. No. But I had learned about it from a book that I bought that I still have that I read. Uh, it was called The Encyclopedia of Ghosts and Spirits mm-hmm. by these ghost hunters. And it had like a, the, a section in front about how to ghost hunt. Anyway, so we do, so we do this thing. And my brother's there house-sitting. And uh, and my friend Brett and I are, are there ghost hunting. And my brother's asleep. And, like, you know, we're just joking around. And it's all fun. And then, like, 2 a.m. comes around. And the popping starts on schedule. And my friend, like, gets really creeped out. And, yeah. like, we can hear these, like, it, it almost sounded like, creaking no it's carpet yeah. but it sounded like creaking yeah, yeah. Uh, coming towards the door and we had a video camera and we were recording and and not you know didn't see anything so we're finally like let's go and let's go and see if we can uh, see anything it's like my friend's like oh i don't want to go out the door we got up we go out the door and we're looking and like we can hear these sounds all around us and we heard it sounded like uh yeah, a cup like or something. Got set down. Like yeah. Getting set down in the kitchen. My brother's still asleep at this point. My friend's freaking out, and uh, and then they the, we like are talking, trying to make contact, uh-huh. and uh, and then eventually it quieted down. And my friend was like, "I can't sleep here." Uh-huh. And we got in the car and we left. Well, what do you think it was? I mean, uh, after reading that book, Spook, you know yeah. that there's a lot. Of, it could have been. You know, some sort of water pipes, or my grandfather's like it's the pipes and the, on on schedule at, at two a.m. when no one's on running schedule. any water anywhere. Um, but it had to be some something weird, some because sort of electrical the end of the thing. Or, is you don't believe in ghosts, right? Look, guys, I don't mean to overly focus. And I don't on believe ghosts. in Beatles. I just believe in me. I understand, <laughs> Yoko. I understand. I understand. Um, I don't. I, I, first of all, I did not plan to talk this much about the supernatural at all. <clears throat> But and and while you were talking, I was feeling guilty about that. Like, why am I? Why am I like prodding? Why, so why are we much? talking about this? And then I remembered that you presented on ghosts for uh, always salon been obsessed and, and selling. Yeah, yeah. And you have been obsessed with it, and uh, that was a great presentation on ghosts. Um, Should I do it right now? For yeah, would you? <laughs> and, I'll see if I can find my notes. Um, and then the selling is just like one of my favorite things I've ever been a part of. Oh, I'm so proud. Um, which guys, if you haven't seen it, you need to uh, get get going on that um it's it's a great it's on chiller a lot but it's um you can get it where else can you get it you can get it on amazon great, itunes great. um the selling the movie.com mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and that has links to all the places yeah. where it's at but you know if you're cheap which we all are go to chiller and yeah. look it up and they've been playing it a lot yeah recently. it's it's i'm so proud of it it's just a really it's such a well-written uh script and then what you guys were able to do for the amount of money you have is astonishing to me well thank you and you are fantastic i had a lot of fun everyone remarks on how great you are well and And you get top billing on the oh yeah (laughs) someone tweeted that huh oh so so silly um yeah that was really fun well do you remember so when you were younger 
like when did that cross over and also did you believe in god and it did all of those things that you believed in that seemed otherworldly kind of come to an end at the same time or was there sort of a okay progression? um yes i believed in god we i love uh, that i tacked on believing in god after ghosts right i believe in gods ghosts uh <laughs> Uh, or God, uh-huh. uh, or Trinity, whatever, uh, ghosts, Santa Claus, all that stuff. Aliens. Uh, and then, you know, like the, the Santa Clauses and the Easter Bunnies, they <laughs> faded away around third grade. Um, and uh, and then um, I started getting disillusioned with organized religion and saw organized religion as something that was um, not really Did you guys go to church cool. regularly? We did. When I lived with my grandparents, we went, every Sunday and uh, got donuts afterward. Winchell's nice. donuts. Rewards. Yeah. Yeah. Reward system. Um, but totally, totally was a believer and, um, got confirmed and took, would you pray at night? Yeah. And did you feel like you were getting answers? Uh, I mean, I did the Lord's prayer every night and, um, or I'd, you know, pray for something, you know, bless this person and this person and this person and let us not die. (laughs) 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 Lord, Uh, I'm not asking for much. I'd rather not die. Don't let me or anyone I know Uh like die. Uh, Yeah. So, um, and then like in confirmation class, I always had these questions about like, well, like if humor is a defense mechanism, and for like bad things and then heaven is perfect then is there no laughter in heaven oh my God. because i love that yeah. that's where your head went <laughs> amazing you know like stuff like that or like yeah. you know if um uh like the like the town of jericho and like um you know what about all the innocent people that lived in the town of jericho like they all got killed but that was god's will to like kill all these people yeah and uh, anything like that any yeah. big blight like even noah's ark i remember thinking no, you're telling me that every person on earth was wicked and deserved to die right except for his him and his family right that is harsh yeah god's a tough guy he's a toughie um and then uh so but then i i still sort of believed even into college and it wasn't until um it was a very gradual process of sort of peeling back the layers of like well, you know, if I grew up in ancient Rome, would I be believing in Zeus? And like, you know, so much of it of belief systems are from like your environment and situations sure. and it wasn't really much of a choice. And uh, and just reading and doing, you know, um, research on religious history and like where this stuff came from is like, meh, I don't really believe anymore. Yeah. Was that a, a tough conversation to have with any of your family? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, no one, everyone in my family is still religious, and, um, and no one is really happy that I don't believe in God anymore. When my mom was dying, that was hard, you know, when she, you know, she gave me a Bible for, like, her confirmation Bible, and it was like, you know, um, I know you don't believe, but I would just, uh, you know, I'd like to see you again something, oh God. you know? Ugh. That's really tough. Yeah. My grandfather took me out to lunch and was like, you know, why don't you believe in God? And, you know, have to like explain, and, you know, I'm not going to convince him, you know, yeah. he's lived his whole life living in God and, and yeah. that's, you know, worked for him. Uh, but I mean, now it's at the point where everyone just sort of, you know, accepts it. But. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I I know I had a, a com- couple conversations, maybe more than two, but conversations with my maternal grandmother when she knew that I had stopped going to church and stuff, I don't ever remember her like in terms of not want, like not asking the questions you don't want answers to. I don't think she ever 
explicitly said, so what's up? You don't believe in God anymore? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think she just, the only thing that she could stand to address was just, you know, I can't believe you're not going to get married in the temple and I've just wanted more for you and yeah. stuff like that, which is hard. It's, it's really rough. hard. It was, it's so much hard. It was so much harder for me to disappoint my grandparents on my mom's side than it was to disappoint my mom. I think that it would have one been step removed. Easier for my grandfather if I had been gay than not really? believing in God. Interesting. Because, uh, yeah, I just don't. You know, did, he, did he think either way you wouldn't go to heaven with everybody else? Um, my grandfather is conservative, but he's also uh, just, he's got a great heart. He's just a wonderful guy who will like, when presented with individuals, will then like right. change his, you know, tune right, and accept, right. accepts everybody as individuals. Yeah. Um, so, but I just think that like believing in God, he would have been able to take you know, almost anything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I think that really, yeah, he's not happy about What that. if you were like, Grandpa, I murdered three people, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure God's mad at me about it. <laughs> but I, I'm sorry about it. I asked yeah. for forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. He might be better off. He might be happier with yeah, that. Yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> no. Too late no. now. <laughs> Mistake made. Um, and what else? Were you, so uh, where did the comic books come in? Did you start reading those when you were really little? Or did you that in high school? Uh, second grade. I think Ooh. my first comic book was... Uh, so I, I watched um, cartoons after school. You sure. come home, you watch cartoons. With heart and soul. G.I. Joe and mm-hmm. He-Man and all that stuff. And uh, and then there was this convenience store that was near us, and they had comic books. And there was uh, a comic book of G.I. Joe that had... Um, Baron von Destro on the cover, holding a mummy that he's taking stealing out of this Ooh. tomb, uh, and uh, and the mummy was uh, it was like King Tut or some like famous leader or something, and he was creating the perfect leader for the Cobra because everyone had lost confidence in Cobra Commander because Wait, he's he always losing. unravel the mummy? Well, what mummy he was doing then... was taking the DNA from famous leaders, the Genghis Khan and oh, all these different sure. people and splicing them together. I think there's seven of them to splice together to create <laughs> Serpentor. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting because I don't think as, a, do as a child... <laughs> I'm so glad you do. <laughs> As a child who had no, I mean, I was definitely interested in He-Man and She-Ra, um, Princess of Power. <laughs> who wouldn't be? But uh, but I, I had no sense of G.I. Joe, so I definitely didn't realize there was anything supernatural like, right. to do with it at all. I thought it was just a bunch of army guys fighting other army guys. It was guys, army guys with lasers that mm-hmm. could blow up planes, but they had very good ejector seats that could that you could eject and parachute out from uh-huh, very uh-huh. quickly so no one ever actually died in any of the battles <laughs> which was a great Just way a to have stuff war long yeah. enough sure yeah sure uh but yeah i think the serpentor stuff was later on when you know they well cobra commander is really an inept uh <laughs> leader so we need to like spice things up a bit but it was science sure yeah you know, DNA. that was science absolutely i stand Park corrected sword, i shouldn't yeah. say supernatural yeah, 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 yeah. um thank you I think Serpentor might have. Uh, <laughs> Serpentor might have been like super the... strong too and stuff. No, uh, I think of it. Yeah, he had yeah. like a flying chariot. It was like a cobra-headed chariot. Uh huh. <laughs> fly into battle with it, which I had the toy. Old school, but new school. And there was Sergeant Slaughter, who was a, a wrestler. But then they beca- he became a GI Joe. It was a real dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWF or whatever was the equivalent back then. 
and you couldn't buy the toy, you had to get a bunch of proofs of purchase and mail in to get the Serpentor act, or not well, to wait, get the Sergeant Slaughter But G.I. Joe was a cartoon, right? Not live action. Yeah, well, no, it was a cartoon, but there was a, a real life, it was like a crossover, like, oh, this wrestling's popular, so let's have this military-themed wrestler join the G.I. Joe. Okay, so it was a cartoon version of him yeah. in, from the real. That's complicated. Yeah, and you can get the toy. You could also get the toy of Anakin Skywalker if you got proofs of purchase and mailed in for it as well, which yeah. I did. The old sort of at the end could of Return not... of the Jedi. Oh, okay. Where he's standing as a ghostly, his ghostly oh, old self is standing oh, next to Oh, sure, him. sure. Who played the Anakin Skywalker ghost? That's a good question. I don't know. Nobody ever. No. We don't talk about him. We don't talk about him. <laughs> so much. <laughs> I remember his garb. I remember his gentle face. <laughs> and I remember thinking that is for sure not James Earl Jones. <laughs> Those are the things I remember yeah, about it. Yeah. What, um, what kind of comic books were you drawn to beyond G.I. Joe? Um, it, superhero stuff. Um, I think the Hulk was my, maybe my first superhero comic book. Uh, Hulk, Spider-Man. And then I just like started getting everything. And, uh-huh. then, and they were like 75 cents at the time, which, you know, when you're a kid, that's, you know, you have to save up for it, but it's so much cheaper than that. It's ridiculous now. It's yeah. like buying an actual book uh-huh. that takes you five minutes to read. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, anything superhero related, just, you know, especially the Marvel stuff is all like angsty, really a teenager, pre preteen sort of um, emotions. Very uh, sort of immature sort of power fantasies, <laughs> what they are, which is now our popular culture. <clears throat> it's pretty fun. Yeah. Well, do you do you have? Um, did you have friends that you would talk about that stuff with? Like, would you trade comic books, or was it a very yeah? Kind yeah. Of, My uh, brother um, okay. would collect them as well, and so he uh, like we would buy the the ones that the other one wasn't getting, so save Smart. on money. Sure. Yeah. So he'd get Transformers, I'd get G.I. Joe. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we'd, we'd ride our bikes to the Sunnyvale Town Center. Mm-hmm. Great things keep happening <laughs> at Sunnyvale Town Center. Great things. Okay. So that's what we'd play on the radio. But we would ride our bikes over the comic store there and hang out and buy some books. And, and then we were in the, we formed a comic book club at our junior high. Okay. So like five for members. you, so it was cool. Yeah. It well, wasn't like. I mean, we. I never considered myself cool, so I didn't consider it cool, but it was definitely interesting and something yeah. that I enjoyed. Okay. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to remember if I had a sense of comics when I was in junior high or even high school. I mean, I guess I must have, but I didn't, it wasn't something that I would have thought to go. Right. Check out. I never saw anyone. I don't think. I mean, the stuff that like I was given when I was in high school from like my punk friends were like weird graphic novel, comic booky kind of things. But I never had, you know this, but well, as I a kid, you had... didn't go to like the convenience store and play video games and have a Slurpee and not really. Yeah. I would go. I, th- I feel like what I did when I went to the convenience store was go buy as much candy as I could possibly right. afford, we did. Well, we did and then that. go somewhere quiet and gorge. Right. <laughs> I didn't really play what video games. What was your games. candy of choice? In that period of time when I would like ride my bike to the convenience store, I would say I was probably purchasing um, a lot of now and laters. <laughs> I didn't get on the now or later bag until I, I didn't like black them. licorice. Um, I don't think now and laters are black licorice. Aren't they? No, that's... I mean, um, think of good and plenty. You think of good and plenty. Now and laters are the fruit flavored ones? Yeah, now and laters are like um, a really hard taffy. They're just little squares, like starburst shapes. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, but starbursts okay, no, are very chewy and, and you can swallow. Yeah, 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 yeah. The now and laters are, I don't know why. I mean, maybe it's because like now you eat it and then later you lose a tooth or right. you 
keep some in the right, back they're of your like mouth super or you can hard, only right? eat part of it. Yeah, part of it. it. They're really hard. And then eventually you should really be eating them they later, soften not up. Now. Yeah. Maybe it's you, like you, you, you bite into it now or later. Now and you hurt yourself. Yeah. Later. Later after you've had a dog suck on it for a while and it <laughs> gets a little softer. But mm-hmm. yeah, I remember being real into like they had apple and cherry, okay. banana. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything like taffy kind of stuff. Okay. What's that one? It was like Bitto honey. Yes. I feel like I explored all the candies. I mean, I was a candy freak. Bitto honey, I felt like was rare. Like that was something that I would get at Halloween. Like mm-hmm, when you go mm-hmm. to a house. And, oh, here's this exotic. Does it exotic... have like a little bit of like a peanut butter chunk buried inside that? It's certainly brown colored. <laughs> I don't know if there's a peanut <laughs> like butter chunk Like someone else in chewed up something for you, spit it gently <laughs> into the, the gel forming of the Bitto honey. I'm going to say there. yes. Okay. I'm going to say that's Tootsie exactly Pops, what's in. Tootsie Rolls. I mean, I just loved it all. Red mm-hmm. Vines. Mm-hmm. Then I moved vines. over to Twizzlers. Mm-hmm. Then back to Red Vines. I was big on Spree. Yeah. Uh, I have a Spree. Uh, sweet Tarts. You like, the, you like the sour. Yeah. Sweet Tarts and Spree. That makes uh, sense. But I was big on um, Junior Mints. Yeah, Junior Mints are good. I I think for a lot of the time, with for me with Junior Mints, that felt like something my mom would get at the movies. And it mm. seemed like mint that's like toothpaste like i want something that i know is candy right and will not give me any freshness of breath at oh, all i want to i want to have terrible breath lick em sticks what's a li- what's a lick em st- oh is that the, the, the candy, white tart candy thing that you lick dip and in the, stick it in sugar, the, the, the pure sugar. colored sugar yeah, there's a lot of, do kids still eat like that much concentrated sugar or those things oh they eat oh, more they do they put sugar in everything they put it in their yogurt and Oh, like they like the yogurt has more sugar content, or they sprinkle got, it in there. It's yogurt. called gogurt, and it's green. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I guess that I guess there's something so straight ahead about a pack of sugar that's right. pink that I would imagine parents would be like, "You can't have that, but you can have gogurt," and the gogurt would have the same amount of sugar, but they would feel better about right. it. But well, now we had we like, had the granola bars, which are like we're just candy bars oh, that didn't so taste good. as good as. <laughs> This is a regular They're pretty bar. good though. Oh, those chewy oats, that's still a thing where, I mean, I think that's still a lie we tell ourselves with granola bars, even like gluten-free granola bars. You're like, right. I mean, this is great for me. And then you look and you might as well be eating a Snickers, which yeah. by the way, Snickers are delicious. Yeah. So good. Um, yeah. A lot of candy gorging, but like that's none of that involved. I mean, there's no candy in comic books. So. <laughs> and there's no what, crying in baseball. Why would I? <laughs> And there's there's no lots I&T. of candy ads in comic books. Well, maybe Bubble that would have been enough to and, drag me uh-huh. in. Did you have did you have conversations in your comic book club like uh, people do at cons now? That's like if you could be yes. Did you get into arguments over which of you could be? Did you did you have sort of oh we like, played um, avatars a role in a playing sense? game. We had played you the did? Marvel superheroes role playing game great. where you could create your own superhero, and I think we actually just created characters more than we actually played the game because uh-huh. you're like no i don't like this power i'm going to create a new game yeah, so well that's kind of like dungeons and dragons it seems like a little bit too did you ever play that uh or the, where the video the, game the, it, no like the the game game like the board oh yeah yeah, board yeah. Game, you, you like know it was exactly that. like that except but because it's interest it's more interesting to create those characters and like yeah we played that, that too because you're a great writer so it's in, it's fun to me that you would take things that you loved and sort of go well what would Make my stories. version of that be well i wanted to be a comic book artist when i was a kid that's right and uh I would, you are a great illustrator well i have talent but no craft it was you know i like, was like sort of i can doodle but i never like we would take my mom would sign me up for like a summer class and like cartooning like great i'm gonna learn like what i'm supposed to do to like ink and whatnot and i get there and it's like 
Okay, guys. So the comic strip has five panels, and it was like it was is a babysitting thing, for, right? You know, right. it wasn't like an actual like art class, right? Um, what about those things in the backs of magazines? What would be like? Can you draw this parrot? If so, you might write away for this art class. I never via thought the mail. that always seemed like something that grownups do. Like, oh, I'll learn when I go to co- I'll go off mm. and I'll study how to do art. Yeah. Um, because all the classes that we tried to take were, you know ineffectual yeah um but i wanted to do that and i think prior to that i wanted to be a disney animator because i loved cartoons um and then that transformed into oh comic books are cool and i wanted to do that yeah superheroes did you ever write your own comic book i did now that now that you mention it a friend of mine named jason borum um uh who i can't find who i can't find on facebook or anything Um, because he's a secret agent he is he's in the borum identity um and uh so we created a a, in junior high we created a comic called mondo man okay and uh, i've heard of mondo man from you in the past and uh it was like eight pages long and we drew it and um and uh xeroxed it and stapled it together and gave it out to everyone and uh, it started Mondo Man number two and um, never finished it. Yeah, well, I'm still working on it. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. For all of my junior high friends who are listening to yeah, this, it's, it's still coming. It's coming. It's still it's coming. coming. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. How many dates did Mondo Man get you? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds loaded. <laughs> but I'm honestly curious. Mm, none. Were you, were, you, were you going out with girls much in high school? Uh, no, definitely not in junior high. I was very awkward. Oh, yeah, that was junior high. And didn't know, yeah how to do that um and junior high and then high school you know not so much um yeah like i started my first girlfriend was when i was 16 mm-hmm. and uh and, like your first girlfriend like the first time you smooched anyone really yes yeah or maybe so it wasn't I was just 17. like you kissed someone and then you but then later on you had a girlfriend it was like she was the girl she was yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay um uh, we were in a play together and um were you doing theater all we, i was doing theater at that high school? point okay. yeah, yeah yeah and uh and yeah that but I was always very, like, not good with, like, knowing how to... Just too scared and weird and awkward. And uh, didn't quite realize, oh, girls are just human beings. And you just talk to them like... Yeah. <laughs> like you would your friends. And yeah. then you find out if you like each other. And then, yeah. So, lessons there learned. Yeah. Did you have... um like friends that you had crushes on that you oh yeah kept quiet about oh yeah absolutely well kept quiet about to them but talked to everyone, <laughs> everyone did else they find out i'm sure yeah i'm sure i'm sure there was probably like okay well don't tell them but tell them but, but don't tell them that i know sound, that you're yeah. telling them or you know it's just if like she seems at all interested <laughs> if you mention amazing right and what zero. is a relationship going to be at that point anyway just know. you know we're all we're all kid like i've been i was looking at pictures uh because you wanted me to have a high school picture for the for the website for the facebook yeah and i was like oh god we're just kids look at us we're just dopey little kids and it, when you're that age you just feel like i'm everything's so important and like yeah uh, you know i don't think i've ever felt have I said, I don't know if this is true, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it in a brainstormy kind of way. But in a, in one sense, I don't think I've ever felt older than at the end of my s- senior year and like the beginning of college in right. a way. Right. Like, I think I felt like I've never felt maybe more mature. Yeah. Because the older I get, the more of a child I feel. So is right. that sort of the crescendo of like, I peaked 
somewhere around there when that was when I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm the most mature person in the world. And then from then on, I sort of gradually was like, I don't really know so much. And like, maybe I like, like, oh, this? Oh, if I'm still surprised by stuff, I guess I'm not that mature. Right. We think we know everything. And we learn the, what is that old, the wise man is the one who knows that he knows nothing. Maybe. It's very but this, by the same misogynistic time, that it's it's a wise man instead of a wise person. Well, men are smarter than women. We all know that. <laughs> uh, but I but oh, but then conversely, when I read like that, what's confusing to me about reading journals from that period of time? Did you ever keep diaries or anything? Yeah, is that on one hand, I am appalled at how immature I was and how much of it is just about feelings and like angst and right. questioning. But then on the other hand, I'm also very surprised at my maturity level and sure. at my writing. Yeah. Like I look at the writing, I'm like, I don't think I'm that much better of a writer than I was then. Yeah. And so that's an in interesting juxtaposition. Better. Smarter. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're doing at least it more. Pros. Like I haven't written, you know, like a journal or whatever, but like yeah. I've looked at some of the old stuff and I'm like, huh, this kid's pretty smart. And to feel compelled to do it. Like it was not a chore. Right. To feel like you had that much going on in your head that you, I needed to take pen to paper. Right. right. And, you know, and I was like copying down T.S. Eliot poems and right. lyrics to Peter Gabriel songs and stuff, you know, like. It helps that, that it's like, such an emotional yeah. time in your life, too, that you have like stuff that feels big to, yeah, to write absolutely. about. Whereas now it's like, dear journal, today I got up and I had a smoothie and I. Yeah. <laughs> Dear journal, I, check my I really feel like you're the only one who understands me. That smoothie was delish. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess that's true. Like, it, it, when I really think about like the times that I'm most motivated to do something like that, it is because I'm terribly hurt by something, mm-hmm. or I'm really excited about something, and I just I have to I have to figure out a way to get my head in order. Well, those are the, that's how we figure figure stuff out is yeah. by sorting as artists is to sort through it and write about it, or you know. Use yeah. it as inspiration for something and use it and channel it in some way. Do you um, hand write when you have ideas and thoughts or do you mostly sit down to a computer now? Uh, I jot down notes. Um, yeah. And I'll like map things out. And then and then when I'm ready to write, I'll like maybe outline on a start typing an outline because mm-hmm. I just have these notebooks filled up with gibberish that need to then be sort of sorted and, and yeah. made into sense. Um, but yeah, originally I'll, I'll hand write down an idea. Yeah. I just wonder when we'll get to the point where like no one's handwriting anything down and you're just talking into a talking into your phone voice memo or you're just typing the words like are younger people still scribbling stuff or is it all going to be I I mean yeah I guess it's going to for me that'll never happen because I just don't like talking out like and want to listen to my voice back like I, I used to like when I started but you can do that you can just do that you can just dictate into your phone and it will be writing you know, like with a text or that's, with notes. That's true. That's yeah. how behind I am. I haven't really explored yeah. that. But I don't know. I just like, I like something about the the, the tactility mm-hmm. of, of writing it down and trying to transfer it in that way. I don't, um, I don't feel as articulate talking. Like I'm doing this podcast and I'm like, I could, I could say what I want to say better if I just wrote sure, it down. Sure. And then, you know, um, so in the same way, I don't think that I could ever, because uh, I, I bought like a little hand recorder when I was 15. I, did, I got this book called How to Be a Stand-Up Comedian. And like oh, I God, would wonderful. like put put ideas in there and then listen, you know. <laughs> 
and it's just like didn't do it. I don't think I had any ideas that worked from that. From yeah. from that. Did you um, ever use that same recorder for writing for the school paper? Because that's pretty cute too. Yes. I mean, it's a you paint a pretty cute picture. Like you paint a cute picture of being. <laughs> I was adorable. A theater kid who's like <laughs> writes for the paper and reads comic books, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. I and I'm sure we talked about this when we first met. Because when we first met, it was not like at the beginning of college, I should say, guys. Like it was sort of at the end, but or even after. Um, but I, but I do feel like I would have been friends with you. I, like I can see I, all of that stuff. I can just drop right into my world and know, like, well, this is when we would have hung out. This is when we wouldn't sure. have. Like we would have hung out in this context, and then I would have gone off and like smoked pot. Right. But he wouldn't have. You know what I mean? Like I can That's really, all, I definitely yeah. see that. Um, but we were in theater together, the mm-hmm. whole thing. I like, I see all of that really clearly. Um, and it's very, it's, I think it's fairly, there's, I don't mean to say it in a, it's, I'm not being condescending. I was, I'm being precious about myself too. Like we were adorable, but, um, but it's very easy for me to picture that. Um, what, and did you, so you were into comedy even then? Yeah. Like, and uh, reporting. And reporting and comedy reporting. I interviewed Steve Allen for the school newspaper. Oh, look at those two things coming together. I didn't know that when I said it. Yeah. Um, That's a big deal. It, it Yeah, it was. my. I did know about this, by the way. I have to step back. So For our uh, friendship, I did know about this for right, the podcast. Right. Tell us all about it. Um, so I decided when I was 15 that I wanted to be a stand-up comedian because uh, I had grown up. My mom was like big into comedy and would uh, like oh show me like movies that I probably shouldn't have been watching, like all Mel Brooks movies, which like... You know, um, History of the World's got some dirty stuff in it. And, you know. Yeah, but my dad was the same way. I was exposed to that kind of blue comedy mm-hmm. so early, but like exposed to violence much later. So, so such a sensitive, tender kid. Right. I get really upset. But the blue stuff was like, I mean, that's pretty harmless in yeah. terms of, you know, yeah. seeing it too young. Um, but like we, the video, st- video stores pop started popping up when I was young. And uh, so we'd go and we'd get like all the HBO comedy specials. Like we'd Whoopi Goldberg's one woman show yeah. and Robin Williams and Steve Martin. And like she would sh- like show all of that to me. And I feel like when funny. we had when we had uh, HBO eventually, like uh, like watching uh, Louis Anderson and just like like really steeped in stand up yeah. and, and loving that world. And um, uh, and. So then I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. I bought this book called How to Be a Stand-Up Comedian by Judy Carter. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and then it sat around for like a year. Right. And then I started like writing stuff. And I was like, eh, I want to do this. And <clears throat> I can't drive. Mom, can you drive me an hour and a half to San Leandro to go do the only open mic that's in oh, the area? God, that's so great. And so my mom drove me to Tommy T's in uh, San Leandro. Which is one of the least offensive comedy club names I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, and we get there, and it's closed. They're, they they had advertised an open mic night, but there's no one there. Oh, no. And my mom talked talk the guy into letting me go on stage anyway. So it's my mom and the manager of this club. And then I'm on stage, and I do my little act for them. And my mom said that she was so relieved that I was funny because she didn't know how she was going oh, yeah. to. Uh, so then she would drive me to different um, open mics. God, and this stuff. is almost like an alternate universe Rushmore. Like I could see this as a Wes <laughs> Anderson movie set in the 80s or the early 90s and, and it would be really cute. 
Um, yeah. So then, uh, call that guy. My mom, there was a, there was a comedy club about five minutes away from our house that did not have open mics. And my mom called them about trying to set one up and it didn't really work for them because it was Silicon Valley and they just didn't really have a lot of people who would come out for that or whatever <laughs> it wasn't like a big city or whatever san francisco they had open mics that were really like and we, that's probably people were just going up to see that because that's where like it was a big comedy mecca. right right and we tried that a couple like we would, you'd have to go to san francisco at like seven and like put your name in and then they draw it out of a hat and then maybe you get to go on or not and like we did that and didn't get on and anyway so my mom called these people and, and tried to set up an open mic they weren't really interested she said well what if we did like high school shows because high school students want to like comedy too and so what if we did these shows and if you if you think my son is funny enough um uh i'll i'll organize it for free and you let my son host if you think he's good enough and it's like i had like a tape or whatever and they like, uh-huh. they're like yeah whatever if you're gonna work for free <laughs> sure we'll let him uh and so then we, we started doing those shows uh and then um my mom found out that the owner was looking to sell the club. And so then he, um, then she decided, well, okay, I'll go into the comedy business. And she bought a comedy club. Amazing. And, uh, and then, um, so that was a couple years of her life was running this comedy club and I would go and I would, you know, every, I couldn't host all the time, but I would host, uh, every other, you know, every other week or whatever. And, uh, but then, so, uh, when they took over the club, they booked Steve Allen to come do a show. And so then that's how I got the, the interview with him for yeah. my school paper. Well, why, when did you decide that stand up wasn't the route that you were most interested in? It's, uh, seeing all the comics come through, there were a lot of, and doing the open mic circuit, there were a lot of sort of sad, dark people mm-hmm. that I didn't want to become. Mm-hmm. Um, not that, there aren't fantastic stand-ups who don't become that. Sure. Um, but just at my time, that was the sort of most of my experience was that. And so there was that. There was the dedication that it took to doing it um, and doing it all the time. And I had periods where like, okay, I'm going to focus on it. And I'm just, just going to do this. I'm going to go out every night and I'm going to try to get on stage. And and I did that in, co- in college a lot, um, you know, in between doing plays or whatever. I do, okay, I do like a month of stand-up and then I get sort of, tired of the life and you know you you it's very hard to have a personal life yeah with it um because your evenings are all tied up and uh and just eventually i just realized that i was better at other forms of storytelling Mm -hmm. and um and you know doing sketches or acting and which was always sort of the the end goal anyway like my heroes were all like people like steve martin and rob williams who you know did stand up but then that led to other things mm-hmm. so that was always sort of my main goal and it's like mm-hmm. well why not just focus on this other thing that you that you really want to do sure i mean i don't blame you all the things that you said are all really good reasons not to do it and but I'm every, so- every time i see a good stand-up i'm like oh god it, it's it, this when you see a good one it's such an art form and they make it yeah. look so easy that it yeah. makes you, it fools you into thinking like, anybody, well, if I dedicated this. myself, right. I could maybe. Right. No, I feel the same. I mean, I feel the same way having had no training. No, I mean, I didn't have a book for one thing. I didn't have a book. How to be a comedian. Amazon. Stand up comedian. But, um, but yeah, I just don't, um, all everything you just described to me and, and especially coming into late, like I didn't, wasn't raised with any sort of a stand up that I oh, really, really remember. Yeah. That's like my dad. It was all like movies. He, he probably liked Steve Martin, you know, I know, I know he loved Woody Allen stand up. Um, but by the time I came along, it was like, well, here are all these great movies that I can just show my daughter. And you know, there, there, there wasn't really, I just don't remember any right. stand up 
Um, and so it just wasn't something that I, I felt strongly about. Um, except for Albert Brooks, Comedy Minus One. But even that, that album, I feel like I got, I just did someone's podcast about that. Um, I still feel like I had that in college. You know, I didn't, it was not something that right. I, and I thought of stand-up as just like someone dumb, pushing too hard, trying too hard, like with a brick wall behind them. That, right. that was my sense of what stand-up was. Um, uh, and what kind of music did you listen to? Or were you into music when you were in high school? Um, Like stuff on the radio. Like I wasn't... Um, I've never been like, oh, I know the names of the band. Like, oh, this song's cool. I like this song. Um, but then I wouldn't know the band. And mm-hmm. then I wouldn't know, like, the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, so, so much rock music is like, what do they say? Yeah. You know, really, oh, this is cool, whatever yeah. they're talking about. <laughs> but, um, but you know, in high school, like, I listened to Rolling Stones. I was very into, like, I was like an oldies kid. Like, I listened to the oldies mm-hmm. channel um and uh channel station sure sure um and uh so rolling stones aerosmith sure get in um why well, that's just something that bon jovi get get it get it and get it good uh young guns soundtrack i just young guns too i mean of course the, the good one <laughs> um i yeah i because i just am always interested in um people's relationships to like where they get their angst out or sort of how, where they feel understood it sounds like you felt understood by the characters in comic books and stuff mm-hmm. and i guess i felt understood by you know songwriters and sure. whatnot and like those lyrics became so important i hadn't thought of it that way but yeah absolutely you know? Um, I can't believe it, but it is nigh past time to get into a mash game. Oh, good. Um, but I think we've covered a lot of juicy territory. So uh, I'm going to start with some um, some basics that I, I imagine everyone listening is probably like, well, you got to ask this. Uh, I'm going to ask this question because you guys, just so you know, every time I see anything in the X-Men world around, near, or with Gabe, I have to like pause it every five seconds and be like, now who's that? And what do they do? <laughs> Okay, what's the, and what's their power? Um, so I'm going to use the X-Men uh, because I, I know that you like that world a lot. So three um, X-Men, if you could be one, three X-Men. Oh, geez. That's a great, great question. <laughs> I was not... I mean, I was never a huge Wolverine fan, mm-hmm. but his power of healing yeah. was pretty awesome. Let's get it in there. Um... <laughs> uh I wouldn't necessarily want to be this guy, but I was I always love this character called the Toad. Oh great. Is that do you see him in the second one where he like he was in the, flicks he, stuff was in the his... he was in the oh, first okay. one with the terrible uh infamous Halle Berry line where she says uh, what happens to a toad when it gets hit by oh, lightning yeah. the same thing happens to everyone else. <laughs> sure. Excuse um, me. Uh but I'm a yeah, allergy in the, today. In the, about the sniffs everyone. In the comic book he's not Ray Park, like super martial arts, that he's this like he. What's the um the British rocker who's looks a little like a toad? Oh, interesting. From like the sixties. Oh, like a Herman's Hermit. Yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. Maybe or it something looks like, that. like that. Yeah. And he's he. I mean, he just looks ridiculous, and he can jump really high. Was his, and he was like the most self-loathing character for whatever reason i was like you know when you're like a kid and you're self-loathing you're like oh yeah i feel i feel ugly and toady sometimes sure um i'm not picking that one um fair enough uh, let's see cyclops he can't see his eyes he's and if it's an x-men power too i don't want to say you have to be that character but okay um hmm. Hmm. (laughs) good space filler the groaner pick the groaner 
I mean, Jean Grey is the most powerful, yeah. powerful one there is. The Phoenix. Yeah. It's a lot of responsibility, though, just like Professor X. It is a lot it's of responsibility. T- it's hard, but I put her down, so now you're stuck with her. Um, Magneto. Why? Well, right. well, as a kid, I thought it was Magneto. Okay. Because it's a Fair magnet. Enough. Yeah. So, and then there was a cartoon that came out, and they're calling Magneto, and I was very. Well, it makes upset. you wonder who decided that. Like, I mean, I guess someone could have said, called Stanley and said, we want to make sure we're pronouncing this right. But it also is possible that that just slipped through. Right. And that's what everyone calls him now. Who knows? Or do they explain why? Is that like an actual, is a Magneto a thing aside from being a, a person? Not that I know of. Is it like this magnet, magnetized machine toe, from the 50s? Magnetized toe. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. We got to get to the bottom of that. But you don't call Intern. it a, you don't call it a magnet. No, Exactly. I, listen, I, I'm now. What what about the which one do I like? I like the one who um, Alan Cumming plays in too. He Nightcrawler, can, yeah, Nightcrawler. He bamps. Yeah, is that what it is? Well, it's, that's the sound bamf. it makes when he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the pop comic, when you see the word. Yeah, I think I would want to be able to bamf. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, oh, Rogue's got a great power, that's being true. able to take other people's powers. Know, but, but then she can't touch no people. Touch yeah, it's very, they're all very, very sad. Theory. I know that's what's so great about but it. But Magneto's not sad; he's just like angry. Yeah, which I guess comes from sadness. <laughs> it's true at all. Listen, it still all comes back. Don't worry. Um, okay, uh, next category is you can jump into the world of uh, three books. Three mm. books. The worlds are real. You can okay. jump in and just be there and enjoy yourself. Okay. Hobbit. The Hobbit. Great. Um, time and Again. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, which guys. Which you talked about that recently on a, on a podcast. I did. I don't remember I did. which one it was. It might have been Colin Hanks. Because yeah, that, that he loves time one. travel stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's a I'm great right there book. with you. Let's go. Oh. Great book. It's like such a real... You gave it to me. I did. Guys, it all comes full circle. Yeah. Gabe Diani is the reason that I love that book so much. And I've given it to countless people. It's great. Like, I don't think I have a copy because every t- because I keep giving it away and then I'll order another one. I can't believe away. they haven't made a movie out of it. I it know. has been in development hell. For, like, Robert Redford was going to make it at Makes one sense. point in the 70s. And, you know, it's just a great story. It really is. Um, by the guy who wrote uh, Invasions of, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I thought Jack he only Finney. wrote those... Time and again, and time after time. Um, I don't know what else he wrote other that? than that, but yeah. Interesting. God, yeah. I had no idea. What a talent. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Third book. Fahrenheit 451 is very dark. I don't want to go there, Fair. even though I love that book. Fair. A lot of the stuff that I like is like, has like a satirical darkness to it. So it's yeah. hard to like pick up Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There you go. Good pull. I just put Hiker's Guide. I don't have a lot of room on this. I'll remember. Uh, three foods that you can have uh, ad, uh, ad infinitum with oh. no negative consequences. Oh. A snap of a finger could be as specific as one great cookie you had one time, or it could be just cookies in general. Okay. Um, burrito. Great. San Francisco style burrito from a place called Cancun. Yeah, that sounds real good right now. Um, God, I can't. I don't know the last amount of burrito. They really haven't. I've not had a good gluten-free flour tortilla situation. Oh, yeah. There's just nothing, especially because I mean, the only one I even know of is like frozen, and that's just a like that's my like a it tastes like a Seven Eleven burrito that you would get in like Nuke. You know? What if you went outside the U.S. where that's but. I don't, probably, I don't know where there would be good burritos. Just corn. I mean, it's, you know, there's great corn tortillas, but it's not the, there's not an yeah. envelope situation like there is with a great chewy flour tortilla. Yeah. Burrito. Oh. Great, great, great pick. Um, SF burrito. Cancun. 
how was is that the first one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, German chocolate cake. Mm. That was always my, my birthday cake as a kid. Um, and I love a good omelet. Oh, okay. But what? All right. Do you think that omelets are bad for you? No, but right. you said I could just have. Oh, this oh, is yeah, I can have I mean, them without no any consequ- consequences. Oh, okay, all right. But uh, listen, I don't want you to feel you're wasting your wish. No, 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 no. Then let's let's change it. It would definitely be something um, decadent, sugary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think. Hmm. If I say sugar, does that like a cheat where I can have anything that has sugar in it? I guess that's true. Yeah. Uh, sugar. I'll put that down. Good cheat. Wow, really good idea. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, next category. Listen, I got to get this out of the way because I felt real guilty doing this to Adam. I feel real guilty doing to you. Everyone thinks it's so funny that I take this so seriously. Oh, it's I do the need three it's, ladies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Who did she pick? I don't remember. I feel like she did a good job of picking like this character from this thing who's not real, right. or like this young version of this person who's now dead anyway. Kind right. of thing. I don't. She wasn't. She wasn't saying like Ryan Gosling, Brad right. Pitt. She's I don't not, think she, she's if she's like into those anymore. guys, she does not let on. <laughs> here's here's my picks for her, and then I'll give you my. Oh picks yeah, for no, this is good. Um, I think she uh, would like young David Bowie. Okay. Oh, that's good. I don't uh, remember her saying that. Um, David Tennant. Maybe that was there, but I don't know because I think she said David. Ten- I think we said like Gabe's enough like David Tennant that she doesn't need David Tennant. <laughs> I'll, I'll retract it. Listen, I got to listen to that episode again. Um, uh, she likes like the British. I mean. If I were British, I would be because she likes the skinny British yeah. dudes. Um, she likes Benedict Cumberbatch only as Sherlock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She finds him sexy as Sherlock, mm-hmm. but not as anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a fair distinction. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. And then uh, Bilbo Baggins. Okay, so you <laughs> pick those for Edda. <laughs> and then for me, you know what? I'm going to write these down, and that will be an actual category. Okay, Bilbo, Sherlock. We know which one, and Tenant. That will amuse her. Um, that you use one of your math <laughs> categories to give her to give her somebody to have sex with. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, okay. For me, I would choose uh, Ellen Ripley from Aliens. Good one. Um, which like everyone's talking about Fury Road and stuff, which is great, but it's like we've we've had this before we're like yeah <laughs> and and growing up as a kid i didn't think like i haven't seen oh look isn't yet. it great that it's a female protagonist and right both, like it, she was the protagonist was. and yeah. i identified with her yes. and like yeah i feel like we've taken such a step back in terms of yeah um it's like uh, putting so much emphasis when it is like we need um, we need to because yeah. we've we've rolled because everything we roll back, back but yeah. um yeah so good ellen ripley is awesome great um uh, Shelley Duvall as olive oil. Beautiful. Thanks for not letting me down on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, Myrna Loy as uh, Nora Charles from the Thin oh, Man movies. That's lovely. Classy. Class act. Okay. Uh, three vacation homes. Um, I will say somewhere in on the planet. I'll say on the planet. Okay. So that leaves right. it open for some magic, but not like otherworldly. Okay. okay. Uh, this planet. This planet. <laughs> Thank you for I clarifying. I really apologize. <laughs> I should know my audience. We're not in Rigel 4. Um, okay. This planet, vacation. Um, Austria. Oh, yeah. There you go. Boy, I seriously doubt you're going to say France. 
uh, <laughs> I liked France. Um, we had the good fortune of being in France at the same time as a total coincidence. And it was really fun. That was fun. Yeah. Um, mm, okay. I haven't been a lot of places. So I'm trying to think of like what my, what my fantasy place would be. Uh, it could also be the reason that I said on the planet is that there could still be something fanciful. Like it could still be like a tree house, like the Ewoks have, but in the Redwood forest or right. like under the sea. Right. Um, <clears throat> I would like to go to a Sherlock Holmes, uh, tour, not tourist park, but like, you know, like Westworld where like uh-huh. they had like the robots yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and so like a Sherlock Holmes, like Westworld. Okay. All right. Great. But the robots don't go crazy and kill you. <laughs> Fair. You just get to solve mysteries. Fair. <laughs> Robot mysteries. Robot the mysteries. The very best kind. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Austria. Sherlock Holmes world. Mm-hmm. And, God, you know, I like working so much. Um, I hear you. Like, it's fun to, like, create stuff. So it's weird to think of. And I don't get to go away too often. Someplace where we could lay around and, this is Palm Springs. Okay, this great. Is Palm Springs. Read a book. Okay, uh, next one. I feel like I need to ask you the time travel question. So yes. three places, future or past, um, that you can go. Uh, you're in sort of a protective bubble. So if you want to see or experience right. something, it's not like at, at your own peril. Right. And I won't be changing the timeline. It won't be changing the timeline at Or all. creating an alternate timeline. It shan't. Okay. Unless you want it to. Um, I would go to San Francisco um, during the time when Mark Twain was a reporter Ugh, in San cool Francisco. <clears throat> and I'd like to meet him there because he was at a crossroads in his life and career where he was trying to figure out what to do. And he was muckraking and getting in trouble with the police, writing police brutality story. Like he wrote the, they just un- found a bunch of these articles. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, some of them have been, in, they have known them, but they're going to be published, I think, in a year or two. But um, like he was writing about police brutality stuff that is like oh weirdly like it could have been written today Jermaine, yeah yeah that's so cool um but i just love mark twain and i'd love i like it when he was super famous i feel like he he might be disappointing as like a jerk or something uh-huh. when, when, like before he's made he's still, it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. great choice and before he's married so we could have a drink and like party yeah. and yeah. yeah well good luck with your other two because i don't know how you're gonna top that okay i should have saved that one <laughs> i would go on a um a comedy tour i would like uh see famous comedians at their prime, uh-huh. like see, um, who would I see? Like uh, Chaplin on stage. Like see, like go see That's some vaudeville. Great. That's great. Or um, see Buster Keaton on set working. Yeah, um, great. So something like that, and then, um, and then I would go see. I go see my mom. Great. Any particular era? Uh. I go see her in the eighties. Great. When she was uh uh starting to be a paramedic. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. Oh, that's great. Um, okay, and then last category. Boy, this is tough, man. Very tough. Last category is <clears throat> three act well, I guess we kind of covered that with the comedy. Let's say three 
just three any three great thinkers, three visual artists, three um, something that we kind of haven't touched on yet, but three people who it would be awesome if they you had sort of like a, a bat phone too, and they mm. loved you, and you could just be like, "What do you think I should do about this?" Oh, that's it's okay if you throw Mark Twain in here and you want to cover him twice because I know you love him. That's good. Um, not Bill Cosby, <laughs> who used to be a hero, and yeah. um, that's all gone now. Did you have you watched Mr. Robot? No, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting pilot. I, what a what is it about? It's about a, a guy who um, it's about a, a young kind of computer hacker. I mean, the, the, it's the kind of thing that when I saw what it was on paper, I was like, I'm not interested in that really. And then I watched it, and I was like, mm, it's pretty good. Uh, hmm. There's a lot of good television out now. Um, but uh yeah and so he sort of there's kind of a long diatribe about the disenchantment of of americans and kind of who who like so many people that we thought were heroes uh kind of crumbling at once and yeah. they're sort of that sort of thing that they were, they flashed to bill cosby so that's what we think of it so we're um so we're talking like people who aren't around anymore right or people who are um hmm. what if you're like Future Matthew McConaughey, just like he feels. <laughs> Ten years from now. Post his, post his Oscar. Uh, not Chaplin, because I don't really, because he wasn't, he was kind of an egomaniac, so not Chaplin. He's a rascal, huh? Um, I'm going to say Buster Keaton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Ray Bradbury. <gasps> Get in line. There's no line. It's just you and me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's my for sure my number one. And who would be cool? I mean, I'm looking at your T-shirt because I have a feeling that Charles Schultz was awesome. Uh, yeah, I love Charles Schultz. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that he's somebody that I would call for advice necessarily, but I bet he was a fun person to hang out with. I would want to say Walt Disney, but there's so much sort of negative stuff about Disney <laughs> as well because he w- used to be one of my heroes. Um, Roy Disney? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Any of the Disney clan, really. Oh, um, Roy. This is a hard one. Uh, I know it's hard because sometimes people create such amazing work, but the who they are as people. Yeah. And there's also like Peter Falk. Oh, of great. Peter Falk. No brainer. No brainer. Why didn't that? Yeah, that should have been on the. I know, but that's how this list. game works. Yeah, it's the. I'll think of some more. On yeah, the way home. exactly. Um, you can write a script for our podcast episode since you could have expressed yourself better, <laughs> and then we'll just record a scripted version of the yeah. podcast. That actually would make me laugh really hard. Um, okay, uh, tell me when to. Tell me when to stop. Okay, stop. Oh my! All right. Uh, I'm going to pause this. Uh, when I come back, I'm going to have your 100% guaranteed MASH future. Fantastic. Ready and waiting. All right. Look forward to it. Guys, we'll see you in right. I don't know. I mean, listen, that that was the fastest. That was a quick draw. McGraw. Is that a thing? Yes, okay, it is. Great. Is it a cartoon? Yeah. Is it a dog? Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> Just wanted to be sure. It was a Yogi Bear. Yeah, I'm okay. getting it mixed up with McGruff the crime dog. Oh, right. <laughs> but in my head. So many McGees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to be confused with the movie director. Um, anyway, that was very fast, but I feel it paid off in space. Oh, good. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited about all of these. I don't even know where to start. Number one, this makes sense. 
Edda ended up with Benedict Cumberbatch as Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> but I submit to you, maybe it's the robot version of Sherlock Holmes because that is where your vacation home is. Yes. So you managed to finagle a situation in which you don't really have to feel that intimidated by right. Sherlock Holmes' robot. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, you're very busy with Ellen Ripley. Ooh. What? Amazing. Um, now, she's very strong, very tough. Right. Um, I don't know if she gets a little rough. I want you to rest assured with the powers of the Wolverine. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> also, you can step in and fight aliens for sure. As cool. Wolverine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, all of these are like my favorite things. Everything you got is my favorite thing. This is great. Um, you can, uh, enjoy the world of time and again. Yes. Oh, it's a mansion by the way, in Sherlock Holmes world. So that you got the best of that. Nice. Um, unlimited Cancun burritos. Perfect. Which I think probably didn't exist yet in San Francisco <gasps> era. Mark Twain. Whoa. But that is where you will be traveling. That's so what, that's how, that will be how I can sort burritos. of, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll break the ice with a burrito. Um, and, uh, and some, I know someone else who will be extremely excited and interested to hear all about your adventures with Mark Twain, which is Ray Bradbury. Yes. Like, Aww. this might be the best mash I've ever done. I- I'm so happy about all I this. I concur. I'm happy with just my Just to be life. adjacent to everything life. that just happened is, like, extremely exciting. I got emotional thinking about you and talking to Mark Twain in that era and to talking to Ray Bradbury. Really brings a tear to my eye. Um, uh, I'm so glad you did the podcast. I was going to do this one thing, but I feel like we're running a little low on time. Um. But you know what? I'm going to read this because I think this is this. You're a good person to talk to about this after everything we just talked about about high school. Okay. Um, I'm going to read that. This was I got a wonderful note. Every once in a while, I'll get something from someone asking for advice, and um, I know that forever ago I said I was going to maybe do like a little advice section, and then I mentioned it in an intro recently. Um, and I have held on to a couple of these. A lot of the time, I just write back. I just write an email back. Um, and it, sometimes it takes me a lot uh, of time to do that because I get a lot of notes. But um, but I will do this one because it's a boy. It's a boy who wrote it, and it's a boy of summer. Um, kind of a fun uh, problem, and I don't mean fun like I don't feel for you. But um, but here here it is. Uh, so I've got a bit of a thorny relationship problem. My crush of nearly five years and I dated briefly over four years ago. Uh, dated briefly over four years ago before she broke up with me and broke my heart. We went through not talking to each other phase and spent two years slowly figuring out how to be friends, only to realize that our history lets us be incredibly honest with each other and each other's best friends now um here's the problem though even though we only dated briefly and it was years ago she is slash was what i consider my first true love i thought i was mostly over her we both understand that we mostly wouldn't work as a couple but she recently moved back from two years in japan for school and i'm finding out i'm not as over her as i thought she's still basically everything i find attractive in a girl and our super trusting relationship is the sort of thing i want from a relationship i haven't had a girlfriend or even really been on a date since we broke up in part because of life but also because i have a hard time finding a girl who is as interesting i also tend to expect the same level of trust and familiarity that we have from budding relationships or I don't find them as interesting. Uh, what do you think I should do? We have a fairly open communication, just a few topics we both agree we can't talk about because it stirs up old pains and memories. I keep wanting to try online dating, but it doesn't feel right to me. Wow. This is tough, man. Yeah, that this is, is very really tough. tough. <sighs> I've been there, man. I thought you would be a good person for this. Um, it's, it's, you know, without knowing you guys and the, the, uh, the details of the situation, it's hard to really give advice. Cause you know, 
maybe it'll work out someday, maybe it won't. So it's really hard to say one way or the other. But, you know, I would say get out there and just just try to meet other people and um, and just sort of uh, see where it leads you. Because it may lead you back to her and she may come to you. Um, but, uh, you know, five years is a long time to carry a torch. And um, I would recommend just just trying to get out there and meet some people. Yeah, I agree. I think it's so, it's so hard because this is, this is a story that I think so many of us can relate to. And some of us have been on one side. Some of us have been on the other. Some Mm -hmm. have been on both. I've been on both. Absolutely. Um, and I, I just feel like, um, the hardest thing about that is that when you have a great friendship and you've evolved into that great friendship, it seems to me that generally, again, to Gabe's point, not knowing you guys personally, but it seems like generally the other person when presented with like, what if we alter this relationship again, very often is like, no, I don't want to risk what we have. And I think there's a, I think what ends up kind of happening sometimes when that, um, when that's presented is that it's hard to go back to the way it was, it's hard to just be like, oh, okay, well then I guess I'm okay with that because that person will feel terrible for not giving you the answer you want and that can create um, distance. Um, And then you might end up losing her. Yeah. Um, You might not, but you might. But if it's a situation where it's too painful to be around her because you want it so much that that's all you're thinking about, then maybe you do need to say something because you might need to break away either way. Right. Um. It's really hard. And it goes back to my uh, point of being, you know, when I was in high school and being not knowing how to sort of be around girls. And, you know, I sort of jokingly said I didn't realize they were human beings. And you could just talk like just go out and, and make friends. Take a class where you will meet new people and just put yourself in different situations where you can meet new people and make friends. And a date doesn't have to be the most romantic thing in the world. You can go and... That's you, true. You know, go get coffee. You can, you know, make more friends uh, who are female and maybe something there will be sparked. Or and... you'll meet a friend of her, that yeah, friend. Exactly. If you're not attracted. Yeah, that's like, I'd say take a page from Mark Evan Jackson's episode too in that way because he was talking about it. He's like, we don't have to put so much pressure on each yeah. single date. It can be much more kind of loose and light and freeing than that. And, you know, the, the upside of it is, and I know this is maybe not... Um, exactly what any of us want to hear when we're kind of in that moment wanting to believe that we'll end up with this person, um, which you could, you definitely could. But if you don't, um, I definitely have friends that I feel like if we had dated, we wouldn't still be friends. And I'm so glad that we're still friends instead. Sure. Do you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like we could have almost dated in college. Like we could have definitely gone down the road. And I remember being like, fuck, I don't want to, what if, you know what I mean? And, and, and if we wouldn't have lasted, then we wouldn't, be friends today and yeah. I would never trade the chance. Like I would never trade the chance. And I think that's, um, again, not the fun, most fun thing to hear, but like 10 years from now, you're, you may have fallen wildly in love with your soulmate right. and talk to, you know, and think and look at your friend and think like, thank God I still have her, you know? Um, thank you for answering that, that Gabe. I thought it was absolutely. And then, uh, the last, uh, order of business, which I guess, you know, if you, um, listen to the Colin Hanks episode, if nothing else, uh, is that I do require some singing of the boys of summer mm-hmm. by Don Henley. I printed out the lyrics because someone's finally suggested I do so. And, it's another uh, one of those songs that I, I you listen to. I was going to say, as it are. happens, it turned out great because you would maybe know the song without knowing the lyrics. Do you remember the tune? 
Out on the road today, I saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. A little voice inside my head said, don't look back, you can never look back. I thought I knew what love was, what did I know? These days are gone forever, I should just let them go, but... I can see you, your brown skin shining in the sun. You got the top pulled down and that radio on, baby. And I can tell you my love for you will still be strong after the boys of summer have gone. Oh, no. Immediate new favorite. Oh, God. Okay. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, My pleasure. What is the situation with Gabriel, Diani, and Divine? What is the situation with uh, Diani and Divine meet the apocalypse? Uh, We're in post-production on this movie called That Thing That You Just Said, Diani and Divine Meet the Apocalypse. Uh, Janet Varney is in it, along with uh, Barry Bostwick and uh, Christian Vangsness and... um, who else is in it? Jonathan Silverman. Jonathan Silverman and uh, Amir Talai, who was just on this yeah. podcast. And uh, and lots of other people who, because uh, we have about 41 speaking parts in it. Anyways, it's a comedy about uh, two comedians who um, go on the road after the apocalypse to try to find a safe place to be. And it's in the spirit of the old um, Abbott and Costello comedy team movies. Um, and uh, yeah, we're in post-production doing uh, color correction, VFX, sound, all that stuff. And um, you can pre-order it at www.ddmta.com. Nice. And uh, that leads you to our, our website where you can take a look at all of our stuff if you're interested. Guys, great. Great, great, great. Um, I'm really excited to see it. They've worked so hard on it. Uh, so please give that some support. And um, you can also follow... Uh, at Gabe Diani. At Gabe Diani on or, Twitter. Or at DD underscore Apocalypse if you're interested DD in the movie. DD underscore Apocalypse. Um, please do so. And uh, thanks. Thank, Thank you, you so for having me. I'm so excited we did it. Um, me too. Guys, we'll talk to you next time on the podcast. Not me. I won't be here. That's true. <laughs> As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.